Kurt Zuma has still scored more goals than Aubameyang. Hello FPL Surgery listeners, on this episode we discuss whether Son and Kane are season keepers, we discuss whether Salah is essential for the upcoming game weeks, we go through the best premium picks that we can, so do we go for three premiums or do we go for four, and we discuss the impact of the possible Newcastle postponement as well. Welcome back listeners to episode 196 of the FPL Surgery podcast. We're recording, it's Monday the 7th of December, it's before the Southampton against Brighton game as well. Um, so that we played, you know, as we record. And as always, I'm here with Josh. How's it going, Josh? I'm good, mate. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Yeah, not too bad. It's been a uh, been quite a long game week again, but I've I've quite enjoyed it. And there seems to be a lot of big scores around. Yeah, huge, huge. It's the uh, the week of the premium this week. It seems. Yeah, it really was. And I guess that's why a lot of our headlines seem to be to do with the premiums as well, because they seem to be the big discussion at the moment. Yeah, we um, covered it last week, and I think we can't not cover it this week. There was uh, so many questions about which ones, and uh, obviously going into the uh, festive period and so many fixtures, you know, you know over a congested period that we've we, we've got to look at it, which ones, and uh, you know, or is it or is it changing between them? And especially with Spurs winning last night, and talking of Spurs, um, we're delighted to be joined by one of the most knowledgeable football minds within the community. He's one half of Planet FPL and his team are top of the league. So hi, hi James. How's it going? Love the intro. Very good. Thanks, Rich. <laughs> How are you doing, guys? Yeah, good. But I'm guessing we're not as happy as you <laughs> after, no, after no, yesterday. It's not, it's, not, it's not been too bad. I'm not used to all this defensive football, but when it's breeding results like that, I can, at least there's a plan in terms of what's being attempted at the moment. And obviously beating them is always going to put a smile on my face. No, I can imagine. I can imagine. And are you hoping to get to some games soon? Obviously it's ballots at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's lucky dip at the moment. So I've got about 3% chance every time. So I'll get one eventually, but I just keep applying. Um, when I get one, I get one, I guess. No, fingers crossed. If we start with you, Josh, how, how was your one? Really good. Uh, 79 points all out. I haven't got anyone playing tonight in Brighton-Southampton uh, game. Uh, 10, 10 men, so I had no goalkeeper because uh, obviously the Villa-Newcastle postponement. Uh, KDB captain again for the second week in a row. And my transfer was um, Antonio for Bamford. Finally got rid of Antonio. His hamstrings definitely are not worth... Uh, keeping on for uh, the Christmas period. I think it could have been a bit of a stressful one. It was probably a bit of a blessing in disguise that he was out, I think. So, yeah, really pleased with that. Um, team didn't actually look particularly strong on paper going into this week. I was uh, a bit concerned with uh, double Chelsea defence, double Leeds defence, and obviously both teams scored. But I came out with um, with a good week because my premium players uh, did well and alongside, you know, DCL and Bamford. So, um, yeah, happy with that. Nice. I was surprised you kept on to Antonio so long, but at least you finally got rid of him. Yeah, it was just at the time when he originally got injured, um, obviously um, they had Fulham the following week. And I was like, you know, really wanting him for that Fulham game. It was one of the reasons why I got him in the first place. There wasn't really anyone I fancied moving him to. And I just think he's such great value and um you know one of the one of for me one of the sort of best value players in the game potentially um but yeah he's just looking like he's uh he's going to be uh an injury stricken season for him again so um best to get rid and how was your week james how did you get on uh 64 net currently with um walker peters and che adams still to go tonight so if i can get the 15 and draw with josh i'll take that Nice. And I see you got Suchek off the bench. Hold on. Cheeky. I, I bust Jack Grealish in the team, so I did pick him. <laughs> oh, I see. No, I see that now. No, yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> um, yeah, to be honest, I've been quite lucky with Suchek. I've had him since the start. Um, I, I've only played him game week one, this game week, and when he scored against Fulham. So he's done all right at his value. I feel like he's he's been well worth paying the, the little bit extra than sort of saving on the 4.5 or 4.4. Or you can stick him in any game essentially yeah I mean he's a, he's a great first sub I mean a lot more reliable than uh, I've got Brewster and he just seems to come on for these one put one pointers each and every week um, the problem with a player like that is you're tempted every week aren't you because you think oh if he plays up front and he it, it just the nagging doubt just never goes away that's the thing because I keep thinking he's um like we were spoiled last year with um with Greenwood but normally we don't get these 4.5s who actually play but 
Predicting um, Sheffield United's front line is like predicting Pep's Man City team at the moment. <laughs> With less it's, upside. It's ridiculous. Like You never know which ones are going to start, really. Outcomes will be the same now, isn't it? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Um, my week's actually, is, I've had my best week of the season, to be fair. Um, I'm on 83, I think. Yeah, I'm on 83 points with, with Lamptey to play. It's just been mad. I mean, I lost my triple cl- Chelsea clean sheet after, what, five or six minutes to Bamford. Then Zuma and Rhys James, you know, got attacking returns. And then in the Spurs and City games, I had both goal scorers, um, both both assists so De Bruyne, Sterling, Son and Kane. My transfer was horrendous. I got in Johnston for um, Fraser Forster to rotate with Martinez and yeah he put up zero. What was it five goals they let in? Benteke brace. I mean that could have been a bit better but yeah happy with my game week. If you want to support the FPL Surgery Patreon please google FPL Surgery Patreon or go to patreon.com forward slash FPL Surgery. Andy Portlock, Vince Poyle, Ron Frost, Ross from FPL Merch and Darren Byrne are pledging at the highest tier. So they get this extra special mention each and every week. So thank you to our patrons. One of our patrons, as ever, FPL Diagnosis, Alan, he's put together an audio clip with all of his statistics for the week. Hi guys, Alan back with some highlighted stats from game week 10. Anyone who watched the late game on Saturday won't be surprised to see Timo Werner at the top of the underachievers chart this game week. He had the most shots on target with 5, amassing an XG total of 1.41 without scoring. Joining Werner at the underachievers chart is two West Ham midfielders in Jared Bowen and Pablo Fornals with 0.45 and 0.74 respectively. West Ham were unable to extend their lead in a first half they dominated. In the end, XG numbers landed at 2.07 to 1.67 in West Ham's favour. But the game changed in the second half when Bruno Fernandes entered the scene. The Portuguese magician created the most chances of the weekend with eight, despite only coming on at half-time. Second in chances created, we find Mason Mount, a player loved by his real-life managers, but largely ignored by his fantasy managers. The diminutive midfielder recorded seven chances created in a convincing 3-1 win for Chelsea, where they recorded 4.21 xG to Leeds 0.79. Chelsea also lead the way for chances created this game week with 19, followed by Crystal Palace at 17 and Man United at 14. Chelsea had 23 shots with 10 on target, which is by far the most this game week. West Ham coming in second with 19 and 5 on target. Palace had 18 and 5 on target in third and Man City in fourth with 16 and 5 on target. Third in chances created by players is Riyad Mahrez with five. His new owners perhaps a bit unlucky there not to get any returns from this game. City recorded a 2.9 XG for themselves in their 2-0 win. They only allowed 0.29 to Fulham though. No longer steamrolling teams, it seems, while defensive solidity has been Pep's main talking point in plenty of press conferences now. Good luck finding a nailed defender, though. Palace beat West Brom 5-1 with the XG data calling it a 1.67 to a 0.66 win. West Brom were, of course, down to 10 men for a large portion of this game, and that will have had significant effect. Any game, really, where we can find Christian Benteke at the top of the overachievers chart is a strange one. Benteke scored his two goals for an XG total of 0.58. Perhaps his biggest achievement was that he managed to only record those 0.58 while at the same time recording five shots on target. Teammate Wilf Saha is the third biggest overachiever this game week with two goals from an XG total of 0.73. Tottenham Hotspur beat Arsenal 2-0 with the XG count at 0.45 to 0.62, which pretty well describes the feeling of watching this game. Arsenal were unsurprisingly dominant in possession while not creating much, recording a game-week high of 536 touches in the opponent's half. 
Spurs, on the other hand, had the fewest touches in their opponent's half, recording only 104. Distanced by some way by the second worst team in that regard, which was Fulham, and they had 203. Cross balls seemed to be a big part of Arteta's game plan and they kept putting them in, recording a staggering 44 crosses, but only nine were on target. For a bit of context here, cross-happy teams like Burnley and West Ham had only 27 and 25 crosses put in, respectively. Biggest culprit of all these missed long balls was Willian, who hit 16 crosses but only got two on target. And that was some of the stats I found interesting from this game week, minus the Monday games, of course. Back to you, Rich. Thanks a lot, Alan. And we'll go back to the headlines. So our first headline, it's to do with Spurs, Arson and Kane season keepers. So I guess we'll come to you first of all, James. Um, I mean, do you have Son and Kane? I do, yeah. I've had both since game week five and uh, been performing very well it seemed like the right thing to do anybody who's known me for a while know I, I generally don't want Spurs players in my team because I find it too frustrating but I think having seen the performances at Southampton Man United and even the Newcastle game where Sun only lasted 45 minutes but hit the woodwork twice was enough for me to think with the enticing four fixtures Spurs had then to get them in it felt like during that period Spurs had a, a great run compared to others and they've just ended up staying because I think ideally I would have sold both before the Manchester City fixture, but other fires got in the way and they've ended up staying. And I think there's a lot to be said of that, of holding these these type of players who, particularly in Harry Kane's case, has been proven over a number of years that he'll score against anybody. He scores as many goals away from home as he does at home. doesn't seem to matter that he's not going to get a hat-trick away to Arsenal, for example. But um, he'll score against anybody. And Sun's really improved his output in terms of away performance, big game returnees. I think his performances against Man City over the last couple of years have been very well documented. And uh, they're nearly the best ever partnership in Premier League history. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. Um, and I mean, I guess a lot of people say, obviously, that Son, as you, I'm sure you're aware, only had one shot, didn't he, with an XG of whatever it was, very, very small number. Does that not put you off at all for the for the future fixtures? Obviously, you've got Palace next, Palace away, then Liverpool away. Definitely wouldn't put me off from a numbers fixtures. One of the things I, I argue for the two of them is, obviously, they're elite finishers. If I, if I was to say to you, if all these premium FPL assets that we talk about, Son and Kane, in terms of their actual finishing ability, is as good as, as anybody's, arguably. Yeah. So they don't need the quality of XG chance that others necessarily do. I mean, that's not the first time we've seen Hyun Ming Son score a goal like that, right or left foot, by the mm. way. Kane's the same, left foot, right foot, doesn't matter. They're, they're obviously exemplary with their finishing. So, yeah, I, listen... Spurs, in terms of, if you went to review the last three game weeks and the difficult games that Spurs have had, if you look at XG, you'd go, yeah, sell them. Mm. But if you look at the fact that Suns had one and a half big chances and scored twice and got an assist, Kane's obviously laid on assist against City, goal and assist again at the weekend. If you'd have, if you'd have had three returns from the two of them prior to City, you'd take that all day long. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And I'm I'm desperate to hold on to the both of them if, if I can. It's just harder with all these other... Other premiums coming to the forefront, yeah. Of course, especially when you look at even the fixtures to come still. Palace away has always been a difficult game for Tottenham. It's not normally high scoring. And then after that, it's obviously Anfield. No one wins there. Leicester at home, Wolves away. Yeah, it doesn't particularly get much easier on paper. So again, you keep thinking, yeah, I can sell. And I think you, you absolutely still can. The, the problem is, particularly with these two guys, a lot of people are going to build up value that I don't necessarily want to go back to. And I think particularly in Sun's case, from a price perspective, you just have to look at him and think, what price would he be if FPL were resetting prices again now? Because he wouldn't be anything like the price that he is now. What price do you lads think he'd be? I'd probably say 10.5, 11. I think it would be, be at least 10.5 minimum, wouldn't it? I think yeah. it'd be 10, 10 and a half. I think, um, I mean, Bruno's 10.5 and, and he's already out playing his Bruno's price. Bruno's nearly 11 now. He is now, yeah, but from yeah. the start, you got to bear in mind the one thing that's, you know, while Sun's having an incredible season, the one thing that is he hasn't got in his locker that all of the other premiums that we really are going to be talking about um, in the pod is, is he's not on penalties. Um, and this season, it has been quite a factor. Um, and that's why I'd say 
you know, he you probably would make a little bit of a saving on him over the other assets. Kane's not had many. Has he had one penalty? He's had one, yeah. Is he yeah. one? Just the one against Brian. So he's he's performing well without without needing the penalties. But I, I know what you mean. We've got a question actually on on Twitter from FPL Lions for you, James. He's asking, you know, do you believe you can win the league? And <laughs> I don't know if the next bit's serious, but he said, if so, would you get a tattoo of Mourinho on your face? <laughs> uh, no, and definitely no. And, <laughs> oh. I think there are three teams that are, that are better than us in City, Liverpool, and I think Chelsea in terms of squad depth at the moment have got a lot more. Right. I mean, if you took Chelsea have obviously gone through periods now about Pulisic habits. If you took Kane and Son out of Tottenham for any period, then you'd suddenly be asking questions of even top four, never mind the league. We're on a great run. We're doing really well, but no, not for me. I don't think we've got the capability to win it. And I definitely would not get a Mourinho title, no. I agree with with regards to that. We look really strong, Chelsea, and um, obviously we're not overly reliant on any one player um you know if, if we did get an injury to Werner or whatever I mean Pulisic's been out for a while I don't think it impacts us in the same way as it would with Kane or Son the difference though between us and you is this, is the latter stages of this season if we do go far in the Champions League and you've got the Europa League and you're still putting out the likes of Bale and um, Vinicius and and, and and Ali and stuff then I think Son and Kane and, and and the rest of your first eleven will be well rested going into that second half of the season. Whereas we might not be, although we can rotate because we've got the squad, squad depth, we might, you know, be trying to compete on two fronts and therefore it impacts us a little bit more. So it's probably very dependent on where we are at the time, right? So yeah, if, Tottenham, if Tottenham are third in the league and in the quarterfinals of the Europa League, but I've got no chance of finishing first, Mourinho will probably put his eggs in the Europa League because... He's yeah. a manager who thinks short term, right? All he'll care about is the trophy at the end. Um, and obviously it gets the same result in terms of Champions League qualifications. So very much depends where we are. I understand obviously for the Champions League teams, the balancing act is more difficult. But then there's a desperation obviously from Tottenham fans to want to win a trophy. That's what Mourinho's obviously in the job for is to provide that. So I think it very much depends where you're at once you get to sort of March, April. Yeah, probably while you'll put out your first eleven against Stoke in a couple of weeks in the Carabao, eh? To be honest, I wouldn't be surprised if he does go close to a first 11. It's yeah. a dif- difficult balancing act. And it must be said, if you think back to actually to, to September, when obviously Tottenham had to play midweek games before the first international break, I think that it actually did Tottenham huge favours at the time because it managed to get the majority of the squad fit quickly. Because you've got a lot of players obviously coming into teams at the moment and they've got no way of building up match fitness, particularly for the sides outside of European competition. And actually... In an odd way, as much as people went on about the fixture congestion that Tottenham had, I think it actually gave us an advantage. Yeah, that was one of the reasons that um, that you were avoiding them, wasn't it, Josh? Or at the yeah, very, very 100%. start. 100%. Because yeah. if you look at teams over the years that have gone through that European qualification rounds, I mean, you know, granted, we're looking at the likes of Wolves or, or whoever yeah. else. Yeah, exactly. They're not quite Tottenham's level, but still, it, it does seem to impact, you know, travelling away on a Thursday then playing on a Sunday week after after week after week but this is a different season we're in a different situation at the moment and I think I think James is right and in the sense that there are also teams that went straight into the season without very much break because they did go far in Europe last season so um, yeah I mean it's clear clear how you know obviously Tottenham lost game week one against Everton but since since then they've been phenomenal something that went quite under the radar well for me anyway is the amount of clean sheets you've had recently um because we, we had a question um from FPL Tree Fiddy who's saying you know you, you've conceded zero goals against City Chelsea and Arsenal and it's pretty decent um I mean do you think the defenders James are you know do you have a particular favorite one would you look at investing in them at Reggion would be the call definitely because of the attacking output as well. Uh, is a little bit more of a rotation risk and doesn't play in the same way that he did last year when obviously it was kind of well documented. It was after time playing as a right winger. Um, so Reggion would be the call. The the two in the fullback areas, they'll both get rotated over Christmas with obviously Davis and Doherty in, in reserve. I think Aurea's got the place deservedly over Doherty at the moment. So it'll get rotated a bit over Christmas. That's inevitable, which then draws you back. Do I want the solidity of perhaps someone who's going to play regularly? Eric Dyer's five million. You do far worse at the moment. But I think Reggion would be worth paying the extra personally. It's remarkable to think that since that West Ham game, Tottenham have conceded one goal 
and that was a goal that arguably should have been disallowed because of VAR against Brighton. Oh yeah, uh, and, that is, was, it, and that was yeah. game week five, West Ham. Um, and that's what a lot of people were saying early season, where they wanted to obviously because of Mourinho to get the Spurs defenders in. Um, and obviously a lot of people started with Doherty, didn't they? Um, oh, anybody I mean, started sold like after Southampton and United and West Ham, there'd been no reason to keep on, on on what you'd seen. Even conceding late to Newcastle, the performance against Everton was completely abject. You wouldn't have held on to them. No, it was. I mean, and that, I guess that goes for all players with that Everton game, because I had Kane game week one. I know a lot of people had Son. Um, and I think a lot of people sold Son on the back of that performance. Quite quite the turnaround. Um, I mean, Josh, are there any players you're looking at, you know, defensively from, from Spurs? Not really. Um, no. I'm a... <laughs> you, <laughs> I just never Spurs, you just got um, Chelsea and Leeds, haven't you? Chelsea, Leeds and, um, yeah, Seamus Coleman still crocked on my third third spot on my bench, who's been there for uh, weeks. Um to be honest, I, I never, I never, ever uh, go for centre-backs. And going into the festive period, as much as I think Regulon's fantastic, I wouldn't go for him um, because of, the, of Ben Davies probably getting a, a game or two. And the same on the right-hand side with, with Aurier and, and Doherty. So for me, I, I always go for full-backs or wing-backs. I never go for centre-backs. So, so yeah, for that reason, it, 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 would, um, it would put me off personally. The final question actually leads us into our next headline. So Harry Duke's asking if selling Kane or Son for Salah is a good move now. A lot of people are looking to captain Salah ahead of that ahead of that Fulham game. So, I mean, would you rather have Son or Salah, James? Or, or would you be desperate to have both? <laughs> <laughs> Ideal world, you'd get all five or six of these premiums yeah. in together and just yeah. <laughs> off the rest, really, wouldn't you? Um, it's, it's difficult. It's kind of a lace question because if you're just looking at this weekend and then, then obviously I think Salah's going to get huge captain favouritism and, and looks like the best choice. The one fullback you'll get on Sun is he'll definitely play. There's no question on that at all. I'm sure Salah will play at Fulham as well, but you can't be 100% sure because Liverpool have this schedule that Klopp's been moaning about Sunday. Wednesday night, Saturday lunchtime. Is he going to rotate over the three games? If he does, I assume it won't be against Tottenham next Wednesday. So it would either be the Fulham or the Palace games. But with the week's break, there's, there's no real reason to believe that Salah wouldn't play. Longer term, it's it's about the money, isn't it? You've got to pay the, the what, two and a half to three million more for Salah over Son. And the number one question at the moment would be on what you've seen so far. Is that justified? It is a big difference, actually. It's probably a very unfair question to, to ask that. I'm, I mean, Josh, you obviously don't have Son, do you? No, and I've got Would Salah. You... <laughs> I, I, I kind of made a, I made a uh, thing to myself at the start of the season that I wanted to keep on two premium midfielders the whole time. Uh, and when I say premium, I mean in that 11.5 to 12 region. And it's why I haven't dropped down to the likes of Son or Bruno, and yes, it's probably hurt me sometimes when Son's done really well and I've only had Kane, or with the Bruno captain Sig at home to West Brom when a lot of people were on him and I was on Mane. But it, yeah, I've stuck to it, and, and, and at the moment it, it's Salah and, 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 uh, and KDB and has been for the last uh, couple of weeks. Um, but I think it's very difficult to sell Son at the moment. You know, they've got, and Kane, They've got the two worst fixtures of the run out of the way, uh, home to City, away to Chelsea. Yes, obviously, like James said, some of them are coming up a fairly tough away to Palace, Leicester, Wolves. It's not particularly easy games, but and obviously away to Liverpool being a, you know the toughest of the upcoming games. But those those first two were the worst ones for me. I still think away to Liverpool without Van Dijk will be better than those. And um, I feel like they're a team that potentially you know, might be a bit more likely to be hit on the break than City or Chelsea. So I think if I, if I was a Sun owner, um, I think find another route to him, particularly as you're going to have to downgrade significantly elsewhere to get the money to move Sun to Salah. See, I've got another route. I've got the Sterling to, with two free transfers, I can do Sterling to Salah. I don't even like selling, selling Sterling, but it feels a lot better than selling Son. Because Son's, you know, so much cheaper. And like James said earlier, he's got a lot more. I've got a lot more value tied up in Son than I do in Sterling. He's actually, he's actually cost me money. Um, I mean, me and James, our teams are set up quite similar. We both got Son and Kane, and we don't have Salah. Whereas Josh, you've just got Kane, and you have Salah already. I mean, I guess it moves on a bit more towards our transfers at the end. But James, are you, are you going to be getting Salah in no matter what this week? Uh, at the moment, probably no. Oh wow. 
because I, I just I feel obviously Harry particularly is he's an easy fallback for, for me to get salary and I've got to do one of two things one is sell him I can get him in directly for Bruno but I know that I want Bruno back in game week 13 and probably game week 14 as well so I don't particularly want to lose him and if I get Salah it, Kane's probably going to have to be the full guy for me as part of a minus four and I'm not convinced that it's worth it personally at Fulham in the last two games, it's easy to think. We've all had this game ringed for ages. Obviously, Fulham should have lost by more at Manchester City, but they were impressive at Leicester and deserved to win. And they're, they're slowly getting better. And you also have to factor in what I said as well, the idea that, that Liverpool are going to play Tottenham just over uh, three days after playing Fulham as well. So am I desperate to make the transfer for a minus four or particularly move remove Bruno? This is the case, right? It'd be the same if you've got De Bruyne or Sterling, as, as you're saying yourself, Rich. You think, OK, Sterling's got Manchester United this week. Bruno's got uh, Fulham. That's quite straightforward. And then on come midweek, you're going to feel the complete opposite. And if it all, oh, Man City's got West Brom, Liverpool's got Tottenham. I think that's exactly it. That's exactly how I feel. Um, I, th- I think part of it, I'm a bit nervous after game week one. I didn't have Salah at all and obviously he scored a hat-trick and everyone seemed to have him captain. And like you said, everyone seems to have this game like ringed for quite a while, looking at you know getting Salah in and captaining him. I think it's not so, just this game as well. It's game week 15 at home to West Brom, isn't it? There's, there's two that are, but then, that are yeah, very like, strong. But then like James says, Sterling's got West Brom game week 13. To be honest, with Salah and 14 as well, way to Palace is probably the stand-up. Well, for captaincy. For Salah, probably, yeah. Game so with Salah, 14, that's the thing. If, if I'd say when Liverpool away to Palace in 14, mm. probably looks like the standout at the moment. You've got City at Southampton, United home to Leeds. I mean, that would probably come down to personal opinion. You wouldn't say Tottenham against Leicester. I, I don't actually think, think that week. You know I'm, I'm, I'm very much someone who captains premium players only, but I actually think Grealish away to West Brom is not the worst shout that week um, as, a, as a captain option. See, I actually had Kane down as a captain for that one. Um, and they're all viable. It's going to be another week where it's just absolutely open, which is great, and that's how it should be. Way more interesting. I think like, once you go Salah, you're going to stay. I think that's what people are thinking as well. Even if it doesn't work out this week, OK, Tottenham afterwards, potentially difficult. Palace, West Brom, Newcastle, Southampton, before the split of 18 and 19, looks like a really attractive run of fixtures. And that's what I think is the other thing. You think, OK, this is where Salah's run starts. This is where it could go off. And it's with him more than any other player. It's, it's the FOMO, right? The fear of missing out that I'm not going to get him, for example. That's he's, exactly it. Yeah, he's the number one FOMO player in FPL, let's be honest, because we know yep. when he bangs, he bangs. And when he has and his ownership is will always be, you know, minimum 30 percent of the game. Um, I think what where it's good for Liverpool in these upcoming uh, fixtures. So they've, they've got their dead rubber game against FC Midland midweek. Um, so they should rest Salah, Mane, etc. Um, and then they've got Fulham, obviously Spurs, Crystal Palace um, in the space of a week, but then they've got another week off because they're out of the Carabao cup before they get the next round of fixtures, West Brom, Newcastle, Southampton. So it's almost like essentially rest block of three rest block of three so i think personally and i'll probably be completely wrong that they because of their being in the through in the champions league and not being in the carabao cup should be able to rotate less than other teams for that reason agreed but they've also got a player now in jota who's putting the pressure on isn't he yeah but i do think that the jota or jota um will mainly rotate with Firmino personally and I think that there will be games also where they play all four of them I mean could Jota cover Salah I know a couple of weeks ago there were a few people talking about it and I think that changed yesterday with Jota being Jota being benched I mean James do you do you have Jota no I'll I'll be honest with you pre the weekend my thoughts are I've still got Phil Foden sitting there so Foden to Jota I've got money in the bank would have been thinking yep that's really straightforward you think the same you Rich well, I've got Foden as well, <laughs> I've, but I've got Jota, so I've got both. I think I think the one for me, if I want to go Salah, is probably going to be uh, Fernandez. Will end up being the full guy for me actually, rather than rather than the Tottenham boys. 
less value built up for me personally. You could argue that because obviously kind of relating to what uh, Josh is saying, United have obviously got a difficult Champions League game, which is important this week. We know at the weekend he wanted to, he didn't want to use Fernandes at all, but had to because he's so important. Does he look at that kind of nice looking Sheffield United fixture on the Thursday in game week 13? I think I'll bench him that one with Leeds to follow three days later, which from the fans perspective, the Leeds game would be more important as well. So, if I was to go Salah, I think Fernandes would be my full guy. The problem is then, I've still got Foden sitting now. I've got to move that on. If I don't move Foden on this week, I get the next week and I think, oh, it's West Brom at home, I'll keep him another week. Do you not think, though, with with the way that the fixtures are mapped out, that Foden will play that game at home to West Brom? Because they'll go... They'll go <laughs> it's full quite strength. possible. They'll go full strength against United and then they've got... And that's on the Saturday and then the Tuesday night home to West Brom. You'd expect that that's the game that potentially Sterling and Mares rest and it's Foden and Torres, for example, who are the two wingers that play that game. The, the problem is I've been thinking for the last four weeks, well, Foden will play this week, won't he? Yeah. Well, Foden will play I this know. week. And, and it, wouldn't, been... it wouldn't surprise you if Foden played at Old Trafford, would it? Do you know what, do you know what gets me about this the whole, the whole time is um, after, um, after the, the season finished and they went in the Champions League and they went, or was it away to Real Madrid? I think it was. Um, quarterfinals, if I remember rightly, and he played Foden. And at that, that point, I thought, wow, he really trusts him to play him in the second leg away to Real Madrid. You know, he clearly sees him as like his, you know, one of his, you know, top players, essentially. So when we went into this season, straight away, I was like, Foden, 6.5, like he's in. And, and, and you know, I'm happy to ride the roller coaster, but... It's just been awful, isn't it? Really, yeah, it's not really a roller coaster. It's just no. not gone up, is it? Just, no, yeah, I think not. all three of us have been strung along by it. And I guess stuff like Fran Torres, Pep doesn't tend to play as you know, he doesn't seem to sign players and trust them in the first season. And I know he didn't play against Fulham, but I mean, I didn't, I didn't expect him to play so much. You know, he's he's taken a lot of minutes away potentially from Foden. I, I, he's I'm more than show. I expected. I to. just want rid of him. What Foden? I, I just want rid of him. I can, yeah, yeah I can. You know, there's lots of players cheaper or, you know, around the same price that I'd much rather have than Foden. I just, I just don't think it's worth it anymore. His price is just going to start dropping now, yeah. you know, even further. I just, I really want Rid. But I felt that way about Podence a few weeks ago. And, um, yeah, now, now I wouldn't. Now he's playing false nine. <laughs> yeah, I know. So, so, yeah, I mean, I would be annoyed if he if he played the next couple of games, Foden, and started scoring. But, I mean, he wouldn't be hard to get back in either, you know, if we started to trust him. Because um, if he was playing regularly, you know, he, he's 6.4 million. Yeah, I, I personally, I want to get rid. I want to get rid. Um, so the next headline is, you know, the best three premium picks or should we own four? So obviously we've, we've touched on a few of these already. So James, what you've obviously mentioned, you, you could look at selling Bruno, for example. So what would your premiums be? And I guess if we include Son as a premium for this as well. Be those three. Uh, Son, Kane and Salah, which... And the, the problem, of course, of that is looking ahead, which is uh, I'm someone who kind of like tries to plan the fixtures and think ahead. I'd then be walking into next week with them three players playing each other and thinking, well, what, what am I doing with captaincy? And it could be, for example, I do similar to what Josh was thinking with game with 14. I could go Grealish at home to Burnley as an alternative. But I still think Salah at home would probably go down that route. That's one of the big calls I need to make because I'd probably obviously prefer to have a De Bruyne or a Fernandez in, in game week 13. If, if I go for Salah, that's it, I'm sticking. And then I think if I go that far with the Spurs boys, knowing for myself I'm going to wildcard before game week 16, I think then I'll probably just be riding it out. Yeah, I, th- I think for me, I'd, I'd rather have De Bruyne than all of them. I mean, all the players I really want, I, I've already got. Um, obviously, I need to get Salah in. So I think I'd have Salah, De Bruyne, Son and Kane. Um, but obviously, it means I'm going to have to play cheaper players. Like, I'll have to have Jota. I need to downgrade Foden. And I don't have any like premium Liverpool defenders at all. Obviously, with Trent coming back at Robertson, you know, it is a bit of a worry. But I'm going to try and squeeze four in and just go without Bruno for now. And just, you know. The, the most powerful three, ideally, really, is, is probably De Bruyne, Fernandez, Salah, the DFS. But yeah. then if you take away, like I said, if, if, if you remove Salah, for example, and you've got Son, what can you do with that extra money, for example? And that's what you've got to equate into the conversation. So I'm someone obviously, I've got Andrew Robertson, and I look at Liverpool's fixtures coming up and thinking, well, for the period before I potentially wildcard, that that could be four clean sheets for me. And I'm, I'm thinking just as much about bringing Trent back in as buying Salah. 
Yeah, I mean, that would be a great... I don't know what his ownership now is, Trent. But it's it about be. 14%, but it's, it's going to be majority dead, isn't it? Yeah, it is, yeah. Brilliant. And people aren't going to bring him in because everyone's looking at looking at Salah and stuff. Um, and my rank's like rubbish. That. I need to do something different, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, didn't you... Last season, didn't you have the three defenders? Like you had Trent Robertson and... Van I started with the three, yeah. And I went all the way till nearly December with it basically when they started really putting the clean sheets together but I still kept Trent and Robbo all the way through basically yeah no I mean I, I like that I like that a lot going, going for like the yeah I mean obviously I've gone for Chelsea Chelsea this season um but I, I would like to get some Liverpool defenders in but then I can't have four of them like four premiums um I mean Josh how many were you gonna have then how many premiums are you gonna have I don't think personally I'd advise to go more than three I think Two leaves you a bit light on captaincy options over the festive period. And I think that four um, means that the rest of your team would look quite weak. Um, I think Sun's a bit different. He's a bit cheaper. Yeah, uh, it's like three and a half, you, really. Yeah, it? especially if you've got him at nine. Um, you know, that, that Sun, Rashford, Jesus type price point is, is not a problem. But um, I think if we're talking the boys who are sort of 10 and above, then I think personally, I'd, I'd, I think three's, three's the magic number. Um, just some stats on them quickly, um, which I found really interesting, um, is, is the percentage goal involvement that, they, that they've had within their teams. And um, Kane is, is the second highest of all players in the league uh, for goal involvement for their team, 78%. Top is actually Callum Wilson with 82. But of the premiums, um, so Kane, 78% of uh, goal involvement in Tottenham's goals. Son, 59%. Vardy, 58 Fernandez 58 KDB, 53 And Salah, 48%. So, um, you know, just an interesting to see how far ahead Kane is in terms of goal involvement. I'm surprised and Bruno's not higher. It sounds a, sounds a bit. Oh, it seems like it would be higher in my head um, with Bruno. Yeah, I don't I don't know why really. I mean, the, the, it seems like yeah that that sort of fifty nine, fifty eight, you know, uh, areas quite a, quite a popular sort of figure um, for those guys. But yeah, Kane's just miles ahead. Um, it's making it more and more difficult to sell. I was sat here last week when we were uh, we were doing the pod with Jossie. And I was looking at, yeah, we'll go light up top, we'll get rid of Kane. And I thought on Sunday, I thought, I hope he makes it difficult for me to sell him. And he is. And, you know, we're going into a game this week away to Palace. It's not an easy fixture, but it's it's, it's a good fixture. Um, so, yeah, it's um, it's tough. And, and as I've said week after week, he is fantastic normally over the Christmas period. So, again, another reason why... It's tough to sell him when he's a 90-minute man and um, has got such a great record over over these uh, this sort of time of year. If I can just add one on that myself, guys. Obviously, uh, I think Tottenham scored is it 23 goals this season? Uh, only three of them have not had uh, either direct involvement from one of Kane or Son. So 20 of the 23 goals have had at least a goal or assist. So you go back to your point, Rich, about how it feels like Bruno's been involved in more. I mean, he's involved with one of the three from the weekend, for example. Spurs don't often score goals unless one of these two boys is involved. It's just ridiculous. I can't even remember goals without them, actually. Was there one? The Celso scored one, didn't he? Against uh, so it was Regulon for Bale against Brighton. Uh, and Dombele's assisted by Harry Maguire against Manchester United. <laughs> and Hojbjerg for Aurea in the same game. The fifth Your goal. memory is ridiculous. <laughs> Yeah, the Lacelso goal was um, assisted by Kane, wasn't it? That was against City. Um, I think it's the way that you're set up as a team, though. I think you've got obviously your back four, your your bank of three, which obviously when Ndombele obviously didn't play at the weekend, but when they're all fit, Ndombele, um Hoiberg, Sissoko, it's three holding midfielders essentially. So it just gives though that front three the license to to you know. And Dombele plays. There. He plays as a ten. Does what, he? Does what? he? 
yeah, yeah. What what happens is not a conventional ten. Obviously, most teams don't play with a ten these days. That's why people like Ozil are, are disappearing and stuff. Yeah. But obviously, what Tottenham has probably been quite well documented. Hoiberg and Sissoko drop into these kind of wide defensive midfield positions is to give cover in between the centre backs and the full backs. And obviously, and Dombley then drops into more of a central midfield position, which brings the holding midfielder generally with him. And then Kane drops in even further, which brings the centre backs with. And then obviously, Sun picks up the. The, the space in behind the trigger is always get the ball into Kane and then we're off and that's why obviously the involvement is so much and Kane's first thought is always can I find some I think what's um what's uh, been very interesting actually um and and actually one of the reasons why I didn't go for Sun um as well was was because I expected Bale to have a big impact and he's you know so barely, barely being used at the moment he's not fit enough yeah it's so no that's, no that's interesting Going back to premiums, though, I think um, personally for me, I'm on Salah, KDB, Kane at the moment. And for the upcoming weeks, I definitely want Salah and KDB. So really, it's it's the choice of sticking on to Kane or, or, or flipping him to Bruno, really. That's it. I'm I not... did that. Um, I was listening to the FPL general and he said about the captaincy matrix. I think they do it on black box as well, where you, you know, you go through your captains for each week. And I could easily do away with KDB, Salah and Kane. You know, they rotate perfectly as captains. They do, yeah. I don't really need Bruno. I don't think no. I'd captain him if I had him. But actually, Kane and Bruno's fixtures are quite similar. They're at home. Yeah. I think it's, is it 14, 16, 17? Um, They're the home three. to Leicester, Fulham and Leeds, yeah. Yeah, and Bruno, I think he's, what's it, Leeds, Wolves and someone else. Um, you know, it's for me, it's one or the other. Or you look at selling Salah or KDB for Bruno and then you have Bruno and Kane. Um, but for me, yeah, I think it's, it's between those. I mean, I don't personally I think, think, I don't think Vardy enters the conversation, in my opinion. No, nah, if you've got Salah, conceivably, you could captain him in the next six game week. And that's probably why he's a standout. You could captain him at home to Tottenham. You could captain him away to Southampton in game week 17. That's why I think he appeals the most. Could we do that with De Bruyne as well, though? I mean, even this could. week, I mean, this weekend, yeah. It's, to be honest, that's that's part of the thing. I mean, Fernandez away record is obviously really well documented. So Fernandez, De Bruyne, and to be honest, Kane kind of falls into the same category, in my opinion, as well, whereas... Look, if you're in a bad spot, you can still stick the armband on one of these guys. I captained Fernandez at West Ham. It didn't particularly work out for me. But he still got me something. Yeah. And if I don't go Salah this week, Kane away to Palace, it's not the best fixture, but it's a decent fullback. If if Salah didn't have the Fulham fixture, say City and United, were um, City and Liverpool were playing each other, you'd probably look at Kane away to Palace and go, ah, that's all right, actually. But because yeah, yeah. Salah's got Fulham, you think, ah, oh, I know Scored their last, uh, last day of the season, didn't he, last season? Yeah, he's got a decent record there. I think he's got about four and five or something away to Palace. I, I remember that. Um, actually, I remember your reaction to the game, James, because obviously that was the week when all the games were at the same time. And oh, it wasn't good, mate. <laughs> no, I remember you slating Sun because you said he was really wide the whole game. I, I was slating Sun, but it wasn't a, a slating of Sun directly. It was, it was a slating of him being restricted to having to play yeah, left wing yeah, back, yeah. which, I mean, that that's why my anger particularly came out after that Palace game. It, listen, Tottenham should never be in a position where accepting, even though a draw was enough, accepting that away, a draw away to Crystal Palace is something to celebrate. When you look back on that now and where we are in the league at the moment, to think back to that moment is quite embarrassing. And that's why I said as much at the time. And Sun was restricted to playing left wing back away to Crystal Palace, which uh, that, you'd laugh at that now. And that's how I felt about it then. Yeah. It's mad. It was only a few months ago. It really was only a few months ago. Um, but we'll we move on to our, our last headline. So it's the impact of Newcastle postponement. Josh, obviously you put this headline down. Yeah, I just really, I think we've got to mention it. Um, we we had obviously, you know, Villa Newcastle postponed last week. As things stand, um, it looks like the earliest spot that it would fall into would be game week 17, um, which is the uh, so essentially it would be it would fall as the last uh, game week of the festive period the first uh, first game week in January um, and that would only happen if Brentford beat Newcastle in the Carabao Cup uh, just before Christmas so that's that's kind of what we're looking at and if and if not I think obviously because both teams aren't in Europe then it will probably go 
somewhere after 18, 19 into the uh, into the sort of 20s, I'd say, uh, in terms of where it will fit. What's your thoughts, James? Yeah, exactly that. I mean, I wouldn't even bank on the idea of it being 17 if Newcastle do get beat, because obviously that fixture's what, uh, the 22nd, 23rd of December. So then to rearrange, people don't want to be working over Christmas, right? The less they have to do, the better. To rearrange a game for potentially January the 5th or January the 6th is probably quite tight in terms of the timeline perspective. Because obviously now you've got to think about fans, stewarding, that kind of thing as well. So that's probably even a little bit too tight but that's definitely the earliest game week 17 18 19 is obviously a possibility but the idea obviously currently is to move half of the game week 18 fixtures to game week 19 these kind of um well-known sort of blanks and doubles that's because i think sky have the rights to all of that midweek and they want to split it over six nights basically so they can show as many games at as many different times as possible rather uh, rather than just over three days uh, that was to part compensate sky for the products that they had to show at the the end of the season, poor didums. Um, but that 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 could go genuinely Newcastle Villa and Newcastle West Brom if it did go off. Honestly, it could end up not being until sort of the game week 30s or so. There is no rush to rearrange it. That you could make a case that even for the two clubs, say for Villa or obviously the home game, why rush to want to rearrange the fixture when? If it's played in April or May, you might be able to get thirty to forty thousand in the ground. But also, it would just it would just give them an even more congested, um, you know, festive period uh, yeah. if they if they put it in straight after uh, the game week seventeen round of matches. And I think for 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 you know, they probably neither club would want that. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's worth saying, obviously. Villa and City to be rearranged from game week one and the same for Manchester United and Burnley. The same applies to their rearranged game week one fixtures that obviously if City lost to Arsenal win the cup um, or if United lost to Everton, they could also in theory go into that game week 17. It's a good point you make on the on the fans going back to the grounds because um, it's, yeah, it's not one I'd really thought of. But obviously, there's a, probably a lot more work that goes into even just having 2000 fans at the moment than they might have had you know previously because of all the different precautions they got in place. Yeah um obviously travel etc so a bit annoyed about that actually because um obviously I've, I've gone for the same goalkeeper rotation as you have james this johnston and martinez one oh, hoping... well, i thought you weren't gonna, i thought i'd got away with that <laughs> oh what's that with the, with the rotation you mentioned it yourself and didn't mention me i thought i'd got away with it oh i see no i did notice i i saw your stream on um when was it on the deadline i saw your deadline stream and i realized we'd gone for the same combo but you i was just hoping they made a mistake didn't you <laughs> should have seen the excitement you know, in our little FPL surgery WhatsApp group between uh, Rich and uh, James Iceman about having Johnston and uh, Martinez matched him this week. It was a, it was a good feeling. God, well that's what I was hoping that if there could be some surprise because it doesn't look like the Newcastle West Brom game is going to be called off now. But I was just thinking there was the potential. You know, Martinez has got a couple of double game weeks. You know, Johnston could have ended up with one as well. So that was how I've justified it to myself anyway. And I yeah, do kind of regret it. I don't it. think, to be honest, at the moment, in terms of planning, I hear people saying our oh, next 10 fixtures and stuff like that. It, to be honest, what's going to happen in 18 and the way it's going to split, none of us can particularly predict at the moment. So it's, it's, there's almost no point looking beyond game week 17 for any of your decision making at the moment. Yeah, I think it's just also trying to, I'm sort of hoping to get, get lucky as well. I mean, we could both get lucky with that. I mean, it doesn't look like it because we've got Johnston in our teams. But, you know, if West Brom do get the double um, and, and Villa get one as well, then possibly we could bench boost without using a wild card. But guess I'm looking at getting very, very lucky if that, if that's going to be the case. Rich, I'm going to be losing the wild card either way. I've still got it, mate. Yeah, oh, you, of course you do. Yeah, you're one of, of You're one of about what? Do you reckon yeah, two people? Just, it's just me and my pod partner, Suj, that's it. Yeah, that's it. You, yeah. Suj, and Ben Krellin. Just ben Krellin, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You've all been hanging in there. I wish I had now. I really do. But um, <laughs> I think we'll go for the piss break and then we'll, then we'll come back and uh, go through some questions. So the piss break is sponsored by FPL Merch with the new site now live. Use the code PISSBREAK, all one word, for a special FPL surgery discount of 20% off. Go to fplmerch.com and use the code PISSBREAK.
welcome back listeners and we're going to go straight on to our listener questions so we've got a question on slack from espen who's asking the best replacements for zh or in that price bracket is it jota or too large a risk so we did mention jota a bit earlier but james what do you think if you had zh would you be looking to remove him and for who i guess the the first one i kind of put that to to josh what does he think on pulisic oh i think it might be a bit early in terms of um how many injuries he's uh, he's picked up uh, since the start of the season and even last season. The only thing that's, that's in his favour is that uh, Zayic is obviously injured and so's Hudson-Odoi. So there is a chance that he pushes him earlier than he should do and also that he may not play him this week in Europe because we don't need uh, to win. So, yeah... I think I think just think it's a bit early personally. I think the obvious one, unless um, Espen has him, is uh, is Grealish really. Yeah. Um, if he does have Grealish, if I'm honest with you, it's quite slim pickings. You could go for Jota. It's great for this week. He'll start against Fulham. You'd have thought. Um, but through throughout Christmas, mm, not sure. He could get definitely a couple of benchings, and I think. Beneath that, it's really slim pickings. So it's um, Phil Foden then. <laughs> there you go. For his West Brom game. I'll throw a name out there. I, I thought it was really good, particularly in the first hour or so on Saturday. Jared Bowen. Um, yeah. They've got, they've got the worst little run. They've got Palace and Brighton at actually their next two home games. They've got four of the next six away, if that even matters at the moment. But it's not the worst run of fixtures. Obviously, look, Leeds is a difficult game, but you can get at them. Chelsea in match week 14 is the one that obviously doesn't appeal. Southampton 16, Everton 17. They're both OK. He could be one. Obviously, you can move a little bit of money about then. It's really difficult. I mean, the other one, obviously, if you've got a, a million and a bit knocking about, obviously, go to Sun. Um, but I think you're probably coming down with the money, aren't you? Yeah, I mean, it's a weird price point. It is. You would say Zaha, but their fixtures are just turning this week. One of the Leeds midfielders, maybe, and go really far down. You could free up a lot of them, because Leeds have got quite a good run coming now. I mean, yeah, I like Rafinha and Harrison. They've obviously got three of the next four at home, West Ham, Newcastle, Burnley, and West Brom away in game week 16 as well. So they've got a good run, Leeds. It's funny how Hamas Rodriguez has just completely disappeared off of everyone's radars, isn't it? He's just uh, seriously out of form at the moment, it looks like. Tough fixtures as well, right? As well. Yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah, think he's really been fully fit. He doesn't look, and it could be that he's injury related, but he's not looked, he looked completely revitalised from game week one against Tottenham. It's like, wow, this guy is a real player. Mm. But um, since he's come back from the injury, he's not looked quite the same. And it could be with the issues they've had in the fullback areas that there's a little bit, he's being rushed a little bit. But it's, he's, he's had, not. He's, he's had that his whole right. career as well, hasn't he? He's always been an injury prone player. And I think that's what's, you know, hindered him really kicking on. There's no question on his ability. Plus, I think a lot of the returns were coming from set pieces and stuff as well. OK, so we'll we move on to a question on Twitter from Josh Fosh. And I, th- I think this one's for you, James. So how do you, soon do you think you'll be able to go see your boys live? What are your chances? How does it work? So I, I think I did briefly ask you earlier. Yeah. Um, you mentioned what was a 6% chance or 3% chance? About half of that, yeah. So, I mean, we've got about 45,000 season ticket holders. So uh, I chance of getting in the middle of that I mean once you've got a ticket all the, all the people that got a ticket for the Arsenal game won't be able to get a ticket now till every other season ticket holders had a ticket but in theory if it was to be 2,000 only every week till the end of the season in theory I might not even get to one and obviously if it is for the whole season the chance size I will get to one and it could be any game I'll just keep applying for every league game as and when it comes up oh wow so if so if they don't increase the capacity it would just literally be one yeah, it's possible season, we yeah. even get one. Well, I mean, how many home games have we got left? Was so it 13 or so? Times that points. by two is only 26,000. I was going to say, it's not to do with points or like, the, you know, how many away yeah. games you've been to. Been on points, I probably would have had a ticket, to be honest. Um, yeah. And I, that's the way I'm going to wait. But I think the way they've done it is the fairest way. Nobody particularly likes it, but it's, it's the fairest way. It is what it is. It would have obviously been brilliant to be there yesterday. Um, my neighbours probably thought it would have been brilliant if I'd been there as well. But um, I'd rather have the points and not be there. Yeah, no, of course. I, I never thought I'd see the day where it'd be hard to get a ticket to Reading. Um, I think I've only seen one season when it was it was difficult to get tickets. Um, it's yeah. never been difficult to get tickets at Reading, mate. 
no, no. Um, there, there was one season, but I had a season to get anyway. But I think it was a load of Chelsea fans that just decided they wanted to support Reading for about six months. Um, we got a question from uh, Dan McLaughlin, who said, if you have another son, would you call him Hyun Min or Jose? So, again, I think that's for you, James. <laughs> <laughs> one error was enough. Um, no, I mean, look, I've got a son. He's called Harry, so it's working great. I really shouldn't sell either of them, should I? It's almost <laughs> fate that I should keep them both. Um, no, definitely. It's more chance of being Hyun Min than Jose, I can assure you. <laughs> I'd love that. Um, we got a question from Jack. Again, it, again it's for you, James. Um, sorry, Josh. Um, so right. can, can you please ask James if I want a Spurs defender, should I go with Dia or Davis? Why do I say Dia? Dia or Davis? I always say Dia, and I don't know why. Yeah. The the most question, asked question I got in pre-season, Dia or Davis. And as we found out by about game week two, it really doesn't matter. But you'll get two two or one points from Dia because he is playing. So, uh, yeah, it was it was Dia then. It's still Dia now, but I would I would pay the extra for Reguilon. Although I must say, when we were talking about it earlier, I, I, they're not on my radar either, to be honest. I haven't considered buying a Tottenham defender at all. What about Lloris? Is that too crazy? Do you know what? It's not, actually. Um, the problem with Hugo, and you've probably seen it the last couple of weeks, every now and then he'll, he'll, he'll miss a game with illness and you'd be like well, where's Hugo where's where's Hugo in the team it happens every year he misses a game or two with illness or something so you need a 4.5 to go with Hugo which you obviously don't really want to be doing in that situation but actually because we allow a lot of shots from distance and stuff he will pick up the same tiers and that as well he had top bonus against Man City didn't he and that won't be that won't be the last time that happens yeah he's had two 10 pointers with that yeah Man City was one of them and then the game before that so yeah but I mean, I guess it is. I mean, would you say because they're shots from distance, is it like a Burnley situation or not? Not quite. Not quite that. What Mourinho, Mourinho is a manager. I've said this a number of times on my pods. He's a manager who minimalizes risk. And if someone shoots from distance, his thinking is that the prob- probability of a goal is is obviously smaller than from close range. Um, don't make tackles in the box. You might have noticed since the early season, you, you won't see Tottenham players make a tackle in the penalty box anymore. It's all arms behind the back. Everything is an intended block. You stand your ground. You don't make tackles. So, I mean, if, if any Tottenham player gives away a penalty because of giving a foul away in the box, even Aurea, you'll have noticed the last few games, he stopped diving in like an idiot in the box. He's just stopped. He's learning. He's becoming actually a better defender. So, yeah, I mean, Tottenham give away chances. But they're not high quality chances, even in the the City game, which oddly enough was probably the best performance of of the three in terms of the amount of physical defending we had to do. Mentally, you've got to be so much more switched on against City because they moved the ball quicker and they've got better players who can hurt you worse. But City didn't have great chances in the game. When we beat them in February, we were lucky in the in the game two weeks ago. We obviously defended very well. They're always going to create a couple of opportunities, but they weren't. Mass, you, you, you can't remember in any of the last three games Loris making any unbelievable saves. Probably the best one was the shot from distance from Mount. You're making me wish I'd gone for Loris last week now when I was doing my goalkeeper transfer and bringing in, bringing in Johnson. I'm just pleased that Loris played the last couple of games because we wouldn't have kept clean sheets if he hadn't. Oh, of course, because yeah, because Hart was rumoured to be playing, wasn't he? So maybe I wouldn't have done that move anyway. I was going to take my gloves, mate. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. Um, so we'll move on. We've got some feedback um, from Jossie, who was on the show last week. So thanks, Jossie. Um, so my first FPL Doodles picture. Love it. Really enjoyed recording with you guys. Um, I think I speak for both of us that we enjoyed recording with you as well. And um, we'll move on to our partner chat. So Mikhail Tokram's algorithm. You can go to patreon.com forward slash transfer algorithm. And he's got some advice this week for the Iceman's team. So I'll read it out quickly. He's got the same rotation as us, James. He's got Martinez and Johnston in goal. Um, James, Diaz, Chilwell, Sufal and Kilman are his defenders. He's got De Bruyne, Rashford, Ziyech, Grealish and Basuma, Vardy, Calvert-Lewin and Watkins. So what the algorithm recommends that he does is Ziyech. He's got two options, basically. So Ziyech to Salah, which is enabled by doing Rashford to Neto or Ziyech to Salah, which is enabled by Vardy to Bamford. And Mikhail said, selling Vardy, given he's got a good fixture, seems a bit awkward. But now is the time to get on Bamford anyway. So he favours that latter move. ZH to Salah and Vardy to Bamford. Um, we're also partnered with Fantasy Football Hub and have been given the exclusive sign up offer code of Surgery15. If you go to fantasyfootballhub.co.uk, you can sign up there for 15% off. Just use the, the code Surgery15, all capital letters. 
and we're partnered with FPL Doodles at FPL Doodles One on Twitter. He does the artwork that Jossie just mentioned for the pod release tweet every week. Let's do our differential picks and then we'll do our trapped-ins. So who's your differential pick for this week, Josh? I've gone with uh, Joel Matip. Um, Bit uh, obviously after him doing really well uh, the weekend, but I think he's just, he's their only fit um, centre-back who who normally uh, threatens to get into that team. Obviously, Nat Phillips is not someone that uh, is is, uh, is threatening the starting eleven normally. And, you know, without Van Dijk there, he's, he's obviously more of a goal threat because he's got more chances um, w- without him in the box with him, really. So I think with a great fixture, obviously, game week 12 away to Fulham, they should keep a clean sheet. And then some really good upcoming fixtures defensively against Palace, West Brom, Newcastle. Um, you know, I think they'll, they'll they'll keep a fair few clean sheets over Christmas. So yeah, I think Joel Matip at uh, one point what was he sorry, zero point eight percent. Yeah, do you, do you remember last week when I I put Matip down as my differential and you you made me change it? <laughs> you said it was ridiculous. Do you I just said that? it was boring, and uh, I thought sod it, he's scored a goal. It's a little yeah. bit less boring now. That's true. Yeah, but it, it w- that could have been that could have been absolutely brilliant. But yeah, instead I ended up going with Mares or something. James, who's who's your differential for this week? Listen, Josh doesn't mean it because he doesn't buy centre backs in any case. No, it's I'm, true. I'm going for uh, Rafinha. I, I like um, I like Harrison as well as I said earlier on the pod. I, I, I like both of them. I think Rafinha's definitely now done that place uh, ahead of Helder Costa now. As I said, four of the next five really attractive. Three of the next four at home. They'll be right up for the Manchester United game in in game week 14 as well. It's Leeds' big game to their fans. So like Rafinha's a 12 shots so far this season. Eight of them inside the box. Already one big chance created. Very easy could have stored even at Stamford Bridge at the weekend. I think he's, he's what is he, three starts now. He's basically kind of cemented his place since coming on at halftime away to Crystal Palace. And uh, 5.4 million. I think he's less than 1% owned. He's a decent option. Yeah, no, I like I like that one a lot. I'm actually when we move on to our transfers and captains, he's one I'm looking at to to enable Salah. Um, my differential this week, I've gone for Giroud. I mean, I probably I'll be honest, I probably wouldn't get him in my own actual team, but he's he's 1.1 percent owned. He's got Everton next, and you know he's getting that service from Reese James. So yeah, I don't I don't mind Giroud. It's really difficult with these under five percent players not to keep repeating the same ones each and every week. So. Giroud for me but if we move on to our transfers and captains then um so if we start with you James um what moves are you looking at oh. and Aubameyang <laughs> obviously the guy that we forgot supreme it must be said there's worse shouts than buying him this week honestly with Burnley at home Southampton at home and their high line afterwards Everton away afterwards Everton conceded two or more in every home game so far this season but that would help Arsenal if they actually took the shot on every now and again I'm likely to go to Salah in for Fernandez or Foden down actually possibly even to Rafinha and ca- and, ca- and then your captain captain if Salah. I get Salah captain if not I'll go Harry Kane nice nice do you, do you know what your moves are quite I mean I don't have um, Fernandez, but I'm looking at quite similar moves because I've got two transfers um, so I'm looking at Sterling to Salah. Uh, enable that, I'd have to do Foden, who we talked about earlier, to Rafinha. Or um, I was looking at Barkley, but I think Josh sent me a message earlier saying he's out injured for the weekend. Um, so yeah, I, I don't love losing Sterling, but I've I've got De Bruyne. Yeah, I think I'm going to be quite nervous watching football this weekend if I haven't got Salah and as my captain. What about you, Josh? Plan is to roll this week, which is the oh, first man. time for a while. Um, <laughs> captain Salah. Keeping Coleman. I don't need I don't need some in, instead of him at the moment so um, he can just sit there and rot on the bench for a bit until I need a, a defender I mean my other four defenders are Chilwell, James, Dallas and Ailing, and they're fine got decent I bet you get Alioski and go to whole hog because I've got Bamford oh you can't otherwise you would right <laughs> no I wouldn't Alioski's like a headless chicken but um, no, he's actually quite a good pick at the moment while he's in that team. He seems to be getting quite quite advanced. But um, no, I'm happy with two. Three would be a bit overkill. They're not the most um, solid defence most weeks anyway. But you've got two of them. <laughs> I, I, I do quite want to get some Leeds players in. And I think that's why why I'm I, also looking at Rafinha. Yeah, I haven't just, got any. I just um, like them. I think, you know, they they kept to think, was it 21 clean sheets last season? I know it was in the Championship. We're in a different league now. 
but they've got attacking potential and yeah I just think that they're great value I don't want to play them every week I won't play them every week but this week I've got to um so um yeah they're both both playing with Chilwell and James Please help support the podcast at patreon.com forward slash FPL Surgery. Please join the FPL Surgery Podcast League. The code is 439HW9. That code again is 439HW9. You can find us on Facebook, SoundCloud, Reddit and Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at FPL Surgery. You can subscribe on iTunes and remember to please rate the podcast five stars. James, honestly, thank you so much, so much for coming on. I know you're recording a lot of podcasts, aren't you, at the moment? I mean, how many a week? (laughs) Uh, Ten plus a deadline stream so it's 11 generally <laughs> i get quite stressed out just recording recording the one i think about it most of the day so i, d- I don't know how you do it i guess you're just you're just in that habit now after... i just talk and think about football all day long which the wife's really happy about because it means i don't speak to her too much as well so <laughs> up the pod up the pod up the pod Sorry, my sorry, my headphones are playing up here. Sort them out, mate. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorting them. One second. <laughs> it sounds like you guys are in an aquarium, but only the last few seconds. Oh, okay. Uh, it sounds normal. Can someone say something? No. Okay. All right. Sorry. Sorry about We're that. We're in an aquarium. <laughs> sorry about that. All right. Um, you know the title for the pod now, anyway. <laughs> in, in an aquarium. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. In an aquarium um, with premiums. <laughs> it did it again, then. Oh, I, so Ziyech Jasala and Bamford Bardi. Bamford. Hold on, let me say that again.